Welcome to NRL 360 Rubber League from every angle. All thanks to Telfast. Awesome work there from Steve, Charlie and Addison from the Fox Sports team. If that doesn't fire you up, nothing will. Only two nights away now from the finals. Joining me, Gordon Tallis. Let's bring the journos straight in. James Hooper and Michael Karianis. And in this final series, I want to get your lock and your shock. Who do you have as a certainty to win? And who do you have for a possible shock result for this right. week's final series. Well, let's lock in Penrith. Obviously, one of the best sides all year. Finished equal first. So I'm going to lock in the Penrith Panthers, and my shock is the Roosters to upset the Sharks. Cockadoodle do. Mm. Yeah, there you go. The feather dusters. I'll get a bit of steel in them. Hoops, who's yours? Uh, I'm with Gordy. I like Penrith as an absolute lay-down Mazaire. Take nothing away from the Waz. They're riding that awesome wave of emotion, uh, and it's been a brilliant achievement to yeah. get to where they are. But the Panthers, to me, last weekend just looked so clinical. For the shock factor, look, they might be the favourites with the bookies, but I'm a big believer in the bogey sides and the hoodoos, mm -hmm. and the Broncos have got to overcome that. 14 straight, the Melbourne Storm have beat them. I'm saying Brisbane win, and they march on into a prelim final Friday night. I like your lock and your shock. I'm with you on those two uh, hoops. What about you, Mick? My lock's the Newcastle Knights at home. They're on a golden run at the moment, the Newcastle Knights, off the back of Callum Ponga. Callum Ponga should be sweet to, to play. You, you tipped the Knights earlier. Yeah, you're signed. Take your moment. I was ridiculed on this spot. You wanted us to go there, didn't you? It's well, I had to lead you there because you guys weren't bringing it up. Well, but well we did. So. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, no, Newcastle, I think they're, they're riding the wave at the moment. Yeah. And um, I think Canberra's obviously decimated. So I'm taking the Knights down. Same as Gordy, I'm going to go to the Roosters, Roosters over the Sharks. Look, that's a toss of the coin job, but mm. Sharks were six, Roosters seventh. Um, I just. Like what I saw from the Roosters. Is it last really week. a shock though? If it's the not Roosters a huge win? shock. It, it, well, which one of these really are a shock? You've got the you know one v four, two v three. You know, I think so the Warriors. All... I think the Warriors would be the biggest would shock be, factor the if they can do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying they that they will, but if they did, and Penrith with all of a sudden going to sudden death football, I think that's the biggest shock. That would be the only real shock. Yeah. Of, yes. the, of this final you know, finals week one would be if the Warriors beat the Panthers. The others can all go either way. Well, I think if the Raiders, given how decimated they are by injury and suspension, mm. if they roll yeah. your Knights, then <laughs> all of a sudden... Oh, we we, we won't bring it up next week either. <laughs> that, 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 that would also be a monumental yeah, upset. It would too. Actually, you're right there, Hoops. As the Broncos try and break a 14-year hoodoo, Adam Reynolds has praised the playing group for finally getting behind Kevin Walters. Last year, you faded out and didn't play finals. What's been the difference? I think it's just the understanding of our game plan and uh, the players binding to Kevin as coach, binding to the other assistant coaches that are implementing their game plans. Um, you know, just binding to the culture of the club. It's it's got a great culture there, and you know we believe we're the best team in the competition um, throughout the season. Obviously, it's a new season now. It's a new competition within itself, and um, you know we need to carry that form from the season into the finals. And if we do that, we give ourselves the best chance possible to uh, do something great. There were plenty of doubters uh, in regards to Kevin Walters and his coaching ability and whether he could get this team in a position to win a premiership now. He's proven them wrong, hasn't he? Because Kevy does have the support of the playing group. Oh, look, absolutely he does. And if you go back to when Kevy first took over at the Broncos, he inherited a steaming mess. Uh, that was none of his doing. He had to take an axe to the roster. He had to get rid of senior established players in Matt Lodge and Tavita Pango. He had to go and purchase Adam Reynolds. Uh, they got lucky in that they were able to negotiate a good deal for Reese Walsh to go there this season. Uh, but he's also had to handle... Sledges from players at various stages, questioning his coaching credentials. 
all of that noise has gone away based on the results that he's been able to achieve this season. Gordy, you're good mates with Kev. You've yeah. stuck by him through this whole period. Even when he was copying criticism, you had no doubt. Uh, what are your thoughts now on it? Well, I'm just glad that they brought in, you know, I mean, like you look at what's happened at the Bulldogs and that now. The coaches, the boss, and um, I knew that if they followed Kevy, he's one of the greatest leaders that I've ever played with. He's the smartest player that I've played with and he's the most passionate. So I just n knew that that's the only job he's ever wanted to do and if they could rub off and get his passion. I like the way they bought in and for me, the moment of the year was when Patrick Carrigan scores against the Roosters and the whole squad. That's a happy footy side mm. and he's got them at the right time. He's yeah, got them I don't know of, of too many coaches have had a roller coaster three years as Kevy had and, and survived, really. Mm. You know, you, you talk about the player discontent. We had players in podcasts saying that he's yeah. not even coaching the side. You know, <laughs> and, and that's when he was under massive pressure. So they don't usually survive that. But the Broncos' hierarchy, to their credit, held their nerve mm. and they're reaping the rewards. They are in with a huge shot of yeah. winning this competition. Gordy, do you see similarities with the style that the Broncos are playing at the moment to when yeah. you Some and of the Kevin and Alf yeah. and with the fast centres and the power runners and then the speed of Walsh out the back? And yeah, well, I think, you know, being around Wayne Bennett and to be 73 and still coaching and have he hasn't really changed his game plan and he's successful, I think Kevy believes that what we did in the 90s can work today and there's certainly some plays and some of the players that they, you know, what they're trying to do, I, yeah, absolutely, it's got the 90s feel. And... And it's working today. It's going to be an epic battle. The Broncos up against the Melbourne Storm. The X Factor and the old general. The Storm have two targets in their sights for Friday night. I've seen first-hand playing with him for Queensland. Uh, fast, uh, very agile, very confident kid. Um, and, he, and he's very brave. He can't really coach speed. He's got something that not many people have. So uh, we just got to go out there and, like I said, um, just keep playing solid footy we want to play. And, and um, giving him less time and space around the, around the middle and on the edges. And if we can do that, um, it's going to be a lot easier for a, a defence, that's for sure. He's got a good kicking game, um, Adam, and that's what they've been lacking probably in the last couple of years is that good kicking game. And um, they've always had the, the calibre of players or um, talented players that's probably just steering them in the right direction. And Adam's done that for the last couple of years. We'll try and get as many big bodies as Nelson and them as, as that even possible to take his space away. But, um, yeah, look, it's going, to be, um, it's going to be a great game of footy. So the Melbourne Storm have a clear plan against Brisbane, but it's easier said than done. But if there's any team in this competition that can execute a plan to the best of their ability, almost perfection, it is Melbourne, and they've done it for a long time now. Can they shut Brisbane down? Well, they're the masters of identifying key opposition players and putting them on the chopping block. How many times have we seen it over the years, particularly in big games? Your man Munster was fast-talking in that interview there, Braith, <laughs> but what worries me is... He was epic in Origin 1. He's had moments earlier this year, but by his elite standards, he has just been around a 7 out of 10 mm. most weeks. Oh, I get the feeling, Gordy, as though yeah. Cameron Munster is prime for the big stage. The biggest stage is trying to push Melbourne into a preliminary There's point. no doubt he'll be you know, one of the best players on the field, Cameron Munster, and there's no doubt that Adam Reynolds, Brisbane, have bought him for this moment, and Reese Walsh, there's something that you can't coach his speed, and then he's... Saw it firsthand at Origin, but they'll have some tricks up their sleeves, Melbourne. Yeah. But let me tell you, they will, they will have a plan to stop them.
And the thing that makes Brisbane so imposing so far this year is, all right, say they shut down Reese Walsh or they shut down Adam Reynolds, there's so many other points of attack for them. So they can't pigeonhole uh, one side of the field because they can go to the other side. And, you know, Payne Haas in the middle of the field is arguably the best prop in the game. So they've got so many points of attack. Shutting down one won't be enough. Yeah, I think both sides have got their hands full to shut down <laughs> the opposite, really, yeah. with the amount of firepower both of these teams possess. It's going to be a tough job for both defensive units. Now, the Warriors have an almighty task against the Panthers on Saturday, but their coach insists if anyone's under pressure, it's the reigning Premiers. Pressure's on them. Um, we just want to go after the challenge. We respect them. Um, you know, they've been the champions for a long time now. I, I promised the boys if we did enough reps, we worked hard enough, the belief would grow, and then when the belief grew, you'll be like, well, maybe we can achieve whatever we want. I don't think day one anyone had any expectations and I said that to them but I said you watch when you get confident that your focus and your what you think can happen will change. I'm Ivan Cleary um, so you stopped chatting with him yeah. early in the week no no messages it's later? It's not like I talk to Ivan every day <laughs> um, anyway um, we both got our own lives to live we're, yes we're we're good friends but um, yeah we're we're not we're not friends this week. I like this. Warriors coach Andrew Webster putting the blowtorch back on the Panthers. They are the ones under pressure. They are the ones expected to win this game and acting like really the Warriors have nothing to lose. Fair call. I like it a lot. I wouldn't like to be playing poker or 500 against Andrew <laughs> Webster. I thought he had a real steely nerve at that press conference there. Uh, look, the Warriors have shown this season that they have got enough variety in their football between their offloads, their speed out wide. Um, the way that there's been the rejuvenation of Sean Johnson's career, Dallin Matuni's Lesniak's career, Tohu Harris is in career best touch as well. It's been a brilliant story. I, I still get the impression that the Panthers are such a juggernaut and they're priming like a good Melbourne Cup horse. Mm. They're going to be damn hard to beat in front of 20,000 people. They're not a team that really... They don't listen to the noise and that they've shown that over the past few seasons. It's not like they give a you-know-what about really what Andrew Webster's saying. I love the approach from Webster, but yes. I don't think it's going to impact them. I think that message was to his team. Really, like there's no pressure on us. Let's go over there, let's play our own footy. The pressure's on them. Like everybody expects Penrith to roll through them, really. Mm. So, you know, I, mate, I reckon it was a great message to yeah. his own team. Yeah, Penrith aren't overburdened by expectation or pressure. As you mentioned, Bray, they've, they've won two comps in a row. So they, they, they don't fear any of this. There is a lot of expectation on, on yep. the Penrith Panthers' shoulders, but. I don't think pressure will get them on, on Saturday. Neither do I. James Tedesco says they never stop believing despite running 14th with only five rounds to go. It's a do or die on Saturday night, but the Rooster skipper is confident they can get the job done. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight and analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cronk. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And the Roosters, what a comeback from them. Five in a row to make the finals. Obviously, externally, there was a lot of doubt and um, critics that we um, weren't going to be here. Billy Smith in the corner! Is that the try that sends them to the finals? 
but we had that belief that we could do it. We just had to take it one game at a time, win most of our games and give ourselves a chance. All, all, all the way we finished the year, the, the footy we've been playing, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of the boys. Have it. It's not going to mean much if we just be out in the first week. We've got to go after this weekend and go after it four more weeks. Swally with it, inside the 10, Joseph! Too strong! He's had a super night! We've probably had like a lot of external noise throughout the whole year. To be honest, even at the start of the year with different uh, players and staff and contracts and that sort of stuff. But I think we were sort of, by the time we got to the mid-year, we were just like, well, let's not worry about that anymore. Take a bit of weight off our shoulders, a lot of expectation. Let's just take it one game at a time and take our lessons along the way, but let's just go after it. Oh, Murray flipped over. Brandon Smith again. Brandon's been awesome for us. Um, to finish the year, he's really going after moments. Think defensively on the weekend, he was awesome. Sam Walker stabs a kick, oh. gets, the, gets the rebound and scores. Sam Walker's, I mean, he's, he's come back with a real clear mindset on what he needs to do for the team, how he can make the team better. Obviously, disappointing the way he's had his injury, but he's, I think he's taken a step back and really matured, and he's really leading our team around well. So um, I'm, I'm really happy for Sammy how he's come back and played his footy. There would have been only a handful of people that would have predicted after round 14 that the Roosters would actually be in the finals. It's been an incredible achievement, uh, but not only are they in the finals, they come in with great form and with a lot of confidence. This game here, the Roosters-Sharks, I find the hardest to pick. Do you guys agree? Well, there's so many great narratives around this game, Braith. So you've got Robbo and Craig Fitzgibbon as the opposition head coaches. They've won three premierships together at the Sydney Roosters previously this week. Similar to what we heard from Andrew Webster. No speakies. Now, normally most weeks those two do have a yarn. They're great friends, very different styles of personalities, uh, but they definitely won't be picking up the phone this week. Sam Walker, can he continue this late-season resurgence? Because he is unorthodox, and he can do things that other halves take risks that other halves won't be prepared to take, and when he executes them, mm. they're special. So there's so many good narratives. Joey Manu back in for the Roosters as well. Mick, I think, is a huge inclusion. Yeah, massive inclusion. And uh, that grid and the terminator, I thought they'd miss Jared a lot on, on Friday night against South Sydney, but the other players just rallied around. Victor Radley was disciplined. Brandon Smith's game in the last yeah. month has shown why, why they signed him. So I, I like the Roosters here. Cronulla have just been a little bit off for mine in the back end of the year. But as you said, Brake, mm. this is the hardest game to pick. It's really good to see Brandon Smith find his form because it wasn't good to start the year. And with his form has come victories at the Roosters. Not that it's just been because of him, but he's had a huge impact on the team. No Jared, but no worries last week. Right. Do you expect them to carry on? They would have taken a lot of confidence in that result without their, their heavy hitter up front. Yeah, there's no doubt Jared adds to this footy side, but they've still got Lindsay Collins and yeah. Victor Radley. They're two great leaders in the middle of the park. I think Lindsay Collins, arguably, like he doesn't get too many reps, but they wouldn't, mate, you wouldn't swap him with too many other mm. front rowers uh, the way he's played the season. So, um, look, I think the Roosters, I think momentum's so big in finals time, and just with the Sharks defensively of late, you know, I think the Roosters can get them. And I think Sam Walker, as you said, unorthodox, asking questions that you don't normally get asked, that's a bonus. It's the energy too, Gordy, that some of those younger generation players have brought to the squad. So they return to Sammy Walker. Siwa Wong looks an X-Factor mm. player, who I know plenty of people have had a high opinion of for some time. Sandon Smith has been great as a, a second four for Brandon Smith when he goes off. So they are 
They have found form at the right time in the Roosters. Mick, for the Sharks, who's playing fullback? Do we know any more on that? Yeah, they trained. Connor Tracy completed some of the session today. Will Kennedy completed about half the session. Um, so they're going to give Connor Tracy up until a captain's mm. run. They've got the day off tomorrow. So there is a slight confidence that Connor Tracy mm. will play and, and Will Kennedy's progressing nicely okay. as well, but it's still a bit up in the air, right? Yeah, okay, interesting to see how that one plays out. The Knights will host a home final for the first time since 2006, and veteran forward Tyson Frizzell says despite their early struggles, he knew there was something special building this season. Gamble, there it goes. Young Vaughan! Oh. Young is cartwheeled and may have still scored! This is absolutely incredible! Yeah, it's been... Yeah, pretty special, um, what we've been able to do. They're into the finals with nine strikes. Have this sort of belief and, and this run of, run of games I've never been a part of. And it is exciting um, and it's a way that you don't want to get off. Have a look at this crowd. Have a listen to this crowd. I haven't been a part of a, a team that has such loyal fans where however you're going, they're going to be supporting. It just brings such enjoyment to, to the town. Ooh, oh no, Ponga's been knocked out. He's got a history of concussions too, Caelan Ponga. For him to bounce back like he has and, and play the footy is now, it's a, it's a credit to him. Gets the ball and weaves past Hazelton. Runs into the backfield, runs towards Trindle. What a run by the superstar. I haven't been a part of a team where a player has gone through such a, a run of form. You can almost say he's a, a form player in the last two months in the footy that he's been playing. And away goes Best, and all of Newcastle are running with him! Bradman Best! It's good to see guys go into an arena like Origin and then um, grow from it, and he's, he's definitely a player that's been able to do that. You can almost say, why not us? Um, why can't we come from outside the top four to, to win a premiership? For the Newcastle Knights, just like the Roosters, it's been an unbelievable turnaround, if not better. Uh, it's been incredible. I mean, we just saw Caelan Ponga may not have played for the rest of the season. His career was in doubt. Now he's the best player in the competition. The, the plays he's got around him, unheralded, underrated, uh, you know, worth not much on the cap, but have all stood up and supported their key playmaker to, to drive the town of Newcastle into the finals in red-hot form. It is a real story, the story of 2023, and they are flying. I'd argue the Knights' nine-game winning role has been far more impressive than the Chooks because they were gone. They were lining up to sack the coach. We know that they'd spoken to and sounded out a variety of other candidates. And then off the back of Caelan Ponga, Jackson Hastings, Bradman Best returning from state of origin in devastating form. And then those players that you touched on, Braith, it's the likes of Phoenix Crossland, who's been injured and out in about the last couple of weeks, but it's, it's Tyson Gamble, it's Greg Marzu. They don't chew up a, a, a lot of money on the salary cap, but they're more than holding their gloves up. And the way that the entire side's playing at the moment, Gordy, it's got a feel of when Newcastle's successful, they play north-south front foot football through the forward pack, and that's the job that the Safidi brothers and Tyson Frizzell the likes have been doing. Well, watching them live a couple of weeks ago, it was South, right, and their season was on the line. The way that that was old Newcastle, like they beat them up, they wore the orange jersey, and I thought if anybody goes and plays them there that day, they would have struggled. I thought they would have beat most players. They backed it up the week after against Cronulla, and I think they're primed. And Crossland's just getting out of the middle. He's bringing everybody onto the ball. You know, he's tidying up the ruck. And Calum Ponga, the way he played that day, he was on another 
but he played on another planet. Mm. It's a bit like Reese Walsh, right? Just with his speed, and he'll find space. Two players which haven't been mentioned yet, which I think have been instrumental in their forward pack, is Leo Thompson, yeah. who was one of the bargain buyers <laughs> of the year last year. He's, he's been good. outstanding. And Lockie Fitzgibbon's in, in career best form as well. well. You know, he's going to the Super League at, at the end of the year, but it's formed a nice combination. Mm. And um, he, he's really found that consistency, which mm. he's been he's striving for all season. So, yeah, they've been a remarkable story. As Hoop yeah. said, their rise has been second to none. Are you a Newcastle Knights supporter or you just yeah, think they're a good chance know. this year? I'm interested. Just I'm not a Knights fan, no. OK, no. I thought you might have no. been. Hoops, no. you got a bit of a yarn on Phil Gardner for us. Oh, he's had a shocker, Phil Gardner. So the Imperial leader, the CEO of the Newcastle Knights, hasn't been sighted off Nobula Beach, Nobby's Beach, with a telescope, right? All season, OK? He went to Europe for a month. Uh, while he was over there, was scheming and... Oh, we'd all love to go. Was over there, was scheming and plotting and get other... Um, arm's length figures at the club to speak to a variety of other coaches. We've discussed Des Hasler, we've discussed Paul McGregor, we've discussed Michael Maguire at length on this show. Uh, but then last night at the awards night, he gets up. Now, those awards nights, you blokes have been to plenty of them, Mick, yeah. you've been to plenty of them as well. It's all about the players. It's about the players, yeah. it's about them enjoying their moments, it's about their wives and partners having a great night. He's decided he's going to turn comedian uh, and, and tried to crack inappropriate gags that went down like a complete lead balloon. Uh, probably the best way to describe it is he's basically done a Sir Les Patterson impersonation at the end of his speech. <laughs> he's rolled out a terrible Winston Churchill quote, uh, which wasn't funny. Uh, my mail is that it wasn't well received amongst the majority of the people who were in mm. the room. So the best thing Phil can do is disappear and focus on <laughs> running the pokey palace and making sure the schnitzels are hot and the schooners are cold. Yep. Stay away from the Knights while they're <laughs> having success because it hasn't had a lot to do with you. Schnitzels and schooners. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> my, my, my mouth is watering. <laughs> Despite confirmation, Raymond Fitala Mariner is being pushed out of the dogs. GM of football Phil Gould was singing a different tune when the news first broke weeks ago. Raymond Fitala Mariner, you've given him an opportunity to explore other clubs, is no, that correct? No. That's not correct? No, no, I don't know where all that comes from. People get a little <laughs> snippet of information and they make big deals out of it and create their own headlines for whatever sake. No one has been told that they have to move. But being told you have to move and being said that you can look elsewhere is different things. Well, not even that's happened. Oof, poor Gus, he's under the pump. Uh, he's got this one wrong. Uh, a few weeks ago he said that no one would be leaving the club. What's going on at the Bulldogs at the moment? This gives me flashbacks of when Augustus rolled out the Trent Barrett will be at Canterbury Banks down longer than I am. <laughs> and two weeks later, he was Gornski. So, uh, look, clearly there's a lot going on at Canterbury at the moment. They are trying to overhaul the roster. It's all the fringe... NRL players who are causing the majority of the agitation which happens at the unsuccessful clubs. And so they are trying to clean house a bit mm. and show plenty of players the door. And that's been shown by their actions over the training of some of these guys over the past few months and a few players on the outer. They have bought players, but none of any real significance. So, Aside from Stephen Crichton, he's well, their, Stephen Crichton's he's their marquee signing. He is, right? but still, like I'm worried the players they've bought what imp like they're, they're kind of top 30 squad, you know, that you have as fringe players. Yeah. Players, I don't mean to sound disrespectful because I, I hate saying it, but when you look at the players they have bought, there's no real big there's game no players impact no, yeah. X factor. Yeah. Well, there's, Crichton there's, is. Crichton, yeah, Stephen Crichton, Crichton, Crichton is, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, these are guys that are, are going to 
strengthen the squad, mm. no doubt about it. They're, they're better than the, the guys that are leaving the club, but are they going to make him a top eight side, Braith? The answer no is no. That's, that's my point. That's, that's are they long term? No are they short term or long term, these well, guys? Well, I think we touched on them in a few weeks. You look at the guys that they've signed, and, um, you know, Jamin Salmon is a guy that Cameron Sprouter knows and trusts, and obviously he didn't feel like he got enough trust out of the playing group. So you, where do you go? Yeah. You, got, you buy a guy that you know will buy into yeah. what you want. That's why Stephen Crichton's there. That's why. They bought what was available, Mick. They bought. Like, this is the issue. There that's wasn't it. a whole lot doing, yeah. right? They went and got Crichton over the summer, <laughs> and they're now. It's very slim pickings on the open market, so they bought yeah. what they could. But Gordy. Yeah. You think that the real issue there is a lack of leadership? Yeah, well, they're great players. Like Burton and all those guys in kick they're good players and they're going to add, but there's no leadership there. So what you need is someone that you're going to follow. And that's what's happened this year. When the chips are down and you watch the dogs, their heads drop. Right, so they need someone in there that's going to look all the blokes in the eyes and get them to follow him. And they haven't bought that guy yet. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be critical, though, because like no, you just is. said, you're spot on. That's what they need. We know what they need. They know what they need, but the players just aren't available. But whether or not he can do it, the player they bought to do that is Takiyaho. Yeah. That yeah. is the player that they think that at training, at least, can set the standards for, for him, Gordy. Possibility. Possibility. Now, Mick, the Dragons, apparently they're going to move training from Wollongong up to Cogra. Yeah, it's been an interesting development by coach Shane Flanagan. One of the first things that he's going to do is um, return to, to Cogra. Um, they yeah. haven't trained there for about a decade. It, it, it's been a ghost town at Cogra and in the St George district. The players come to play, otherwise they're not spotted whatsoever. So what Shane Flanagan is going to do is mm. train at least once there yeah. and allow the Sydney players to train twice in Sydney because that's been uh, a bugbear of, of the Sydney-based players that they have to travel to Wollongong every day. Right, mm. every day they're in Wollongong. There's been nothing uh, in Sydney, and, and Shane so will this help with recruitment? Well, I think it will help a little bit because if you can cut your travel time and not have to move, some players don't want to move to. It is an attraction to some players, but some players want to stay in yeah. Sydney and, and mm. live in Sydney. So what that ena enables them to do now is to at least spend a third of their time closer to home, rather than getting in the car and, and driving an hour each time uh, one way to training. I know it used to be a problem when, like, when the marriage first got together. It was a problem because the Illawarra blokes were dirty that they were driving to Sydney. Mm. So now that it's just going to have that problem, isn't it? The guys from Wollongong, that, they're not going to want to drive. They only have to do it once a week, though, Gordy. The, the, the players enough. from Wollongong will only have to do if it once a week. If it's only once a week, surely that's OK. That, that, that's enough. And I think it's a fair compromise. Mm. And as, as um, Shane Flanagan, I spoke to it him today, George, said... He goes, that's what he said. That, I spoke to him today. He said, we are St George, we are Illawarra, we are St George, Illawarra. Well, let's show mm. that representation. And he feels like they've been... Un the, same, the St George side Is has been Is this the problem, though? You know, we talk about it with the West Tigers, and we, it's the same thing here with, with St George and, and Illawarra. They just can't seem to get on the same... Page. Is everyone okay with this? Is it going to be all sunshines well, I, and rainbows? Well, if, if you look at the St George side, there are, no, there are no St George juniors in the top 30. Jaime Sele returns to the club next year. He's a local product. So I don't think it's a St George v Illawarra thing for mm. the players. It's a Sydney yeah. v, v Wollongong thing. Forget the, um, the, the traditional club sides of the St George and Illawarra. It's more um, where the players want to live and, and, and the mm. commute there. And there's no doubt the commute does doesn't drive a wedge between the playing group, but it makes them distant. Yeah. Because if you're training in Wollongong, you're not going to all the time hang out with the boys after training. You need to get... You, you've got that hour journey mm. home that you need to get home and, and, and do things with your family. Mick, so there's I no never doubt. heard any of this when Wayne Bennett was the coach and they were winning. When they were winning minor premierships, when they won the 2010 premiership. Yeah. There was no talk about 
players blowing up about having to spend an hour in the car or driving. Were they in Wollongong full time? They were. Yeah, they were. Wayne was the one that changed in, it. Wayne tapped into the Dragons' DNA. He he rediscovered what that red V means. And that fixes everything. And I think that's what Flano is trying to do mm. by showing yeah. a little bit of balance and being fair to both because sides of the joint venture. part of that DNA venture. is St George hoops. Of course. It is St George. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they wear the colours, but aside from that, St George has been yeah. underrepresented. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I think it's there's, well there's done the dragon Flano in him coming yeah. out. Yeah. There's, there's the dragon. So you're a dragon. I'm confused. After another disastrous season of back-to-back wooden spoons, things have never been worse for long-suffering Tigers fans. But their chairman insists there's plenty of blue skies and sunshine on the way. It's been a very disappointing year. I can't diminish it. Uh, the level of disappointment that no doubt all our supporters would feel over the last two seasons. There are green shoots. You know, things are turning. Um, uh, we are a better team than we were last year, despite the results. And I, I agree with you. Know, the results speak for themselves. Four wins this year, four wins last year. But I think objectively anyone would agree that we are a better team, we are a better roster. We're not far away from where we need to be. Tim Sheens, to his credit, told us last year that there would be challenges this year in particular areas. We've addressed those. Uh, we've signed uh, three quality halves for 2024, and I think that'll make a very significant difference to the squad. There, there is definitely light at the end of this tunnel. Pasco's fiasco. Hoops, take us away. Well, I prefer put Pasco in the Brasco break because <laughs> the fans have spoken, right? Enough is enough. He's had seven years at the helm and it's been seven seasons of abject failure. And I don't know in what other business in any other form of the corporate world you could preside over this much failure. Now, you can talk about the commercial scoreboard all you like, but in rugby league we all know all that matters is the on-field scoreboard. And in his tenure there have been... Three coaches sacked. Jason Taylor, Michael Maguire, which cost $800,000 to the club, and now the latest Tim Sheens experiment, which, we've all, which we all know was brilliant in theory, but it was devised over a long lunch at Grappa Restaurant with media types, with which probably tells oh, you everything. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you Credit for you're claiming Newcastle, you've got to claim this now. I'm not claiming this one. <laughs> this is not my doing. I think Too much the, 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 the clock is clearly ticking on Justin Pascoe. When is the he fans, in trouble hoops? I think he is. I think when the fans turn on you the way that they have and they're starting to unfurl the mm. banners at games and the Pascoe fiasco, clearly they have had enough. Lee has to give the fans some sort of optimism. So, of course, he's got yeah. to say that there's green shoots and those sorts of things. In reality, I think they'll be flat out avoiding a third straight mm -hmm. wooden spoon. But there was some suggestions around this afternoon that Pascoe knows the clock's ticking mm -hmm. and he is starting to have a look at other possible employment opportunities. So I'd be surprised if he's there next year. Yep. All right. Thank you, Hoops. Thank you, Mick. UFC 293 will take place in Sydney this Sunday. The Open workout is underway right now. Nick Paharilio and Rob Whitaker are there for the main event.